Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. So you've had this great night's sleep. You're waking up the next morning. (laughs) You and your significant other waking up together. Maybe it's a Sunday. And it's nice and it's relaxing. Let's add to that, that on Saturday, Saturday evening, you had this wonderful evening together. You went out to dinner and you were reminiscing and you were thinking about all the great times before and it reminded you of those great times and it's your favorite restaurant and they even played your favorite song and all that romance was in the air. (laughs) Let's add to it. Also, this, it has been a long-term relationship. You've gone on for a number of years, which in and of itself is quite sitting all these days. Successful. You've been through your rough patches, your difficult times, but you've always found your way back to each other. And again, these really, really fond memories. And so, you're really feeling good about it. <laughs> so you wake up the next morning and your significant other looks at you and says, Oh, I had a great time last night. You say, Me too. And you said, they say, And did you get a good night's sleep? And they say, You say, Yes. And how about you? And they say, Yes. And then they say, Well, what did you dream about? Uh, I dreamt about my ex girlfriend. <laughs> Poor boyfriend. From back in high school, uh, that is a killer. <laughs> I used to call it buzzkill. That is a killer. That is going to destroy uh, the mood. And probably saying that, I'm not going to say that that would do it universally, do that everything universally. Some may have already gotten past all the hang-ups of guilt and all the hang-ups of, uh, not guilt, but jealousy. And maybe the guilt would be that part of you (laughs) that somehow feels badly that you're disappointing your significant other, your partner. Uh, Psychology Today. The upside of romantic nostalgia, November, December 20 of 23. Happy memories of your ex-partner could benefit your current relationship. Try to convince them of that. Buzzkill. Reminiscing fondly about an ex might seem to bode poorly for your current partnership. But new research suggests that, in fact, the opposite may be true. Across three studies published in the European Journal of Social Psychology, participants were randomly assigned to think about either a happy memory of an ex, a neutral memory, or an entirely unrelated memory. Later, they completed measurements assessing their feelings toward their current relationship. Participants who thought nostalgically about their exes felt that their current relationship was of higher quality than those who didn't. They also reported a greater level of self-growth. In one study, participants who reflected warmly on their ex were more likely to report approach motives toward their current relationship rather than avoidance motives. Approach motives a tendency to seek desirable outcomes rather than merely avoid feared outcomes, have been linked in past research to greater relationship satisfaction and reduced feelings of loneliness. 
What explains these findings? It may be that romantic nostalgia promotes a sense of self-esteem, helping to assimilate good memories, memories of feeling validated, valued, and competent into someone's present self-concept. What's more, thinking back to what one learned in past relationships could increase someone's confidence that they'll be able to foster intimacy in their current relationship. Of course, reminiscing about your ex isn't guaranteed to boost current satisfaction. The findings suggest that thinking about the good times you had with an ex may be most adaptive when it reminds you of your inner value or of how you've matured. If not, (laughs) it may be time to put those memories to bed. Arash Amam Zadeh. The Upside of Romantic Nostalgia, Psychology Today, November, December 2023. Nowhere in the article did it say that you should disclose that to your significant other. Nowhere in or no way, nowhere in the article in any way does it suggest that you should be obliged. Nowhere Does it suggest that you should feel badly? Nowhere does it suggest that you should feel guilty? Nowhere does it suggest that it should be even something that should you tell your present significant other? It should create any sort of great disruption. My suspicion is, though, there'll be enough of those cases where it will that you may use or want to use great discretion, but if you are bound to be that kind of an individual, honest, truthful, that you're not going to be withholding, and when they ask you the obvious statement or the obvious question, your statement is going to be equally truthful and factual, that you're going to take that risk, I think, especially in context to having such the great date night before, such the struggles, the working through, the investments of yourself, your psychological energy into a relationship over a longer period of time or a long longitudinally an extended period of time, you should be able to claim the reward. This is the best one that I've ever had and probably not necessarily have to explain why the very evening, even so, of such a great experience with your partner, you're dreaming about somebody (laughs) that might be romantically your first love. Uh, It might take a bit of explaining to do. But the article does present that, an opportunity to explain it in those terms, positives, by the way, uh, terms, that, oh, by comparison, (laughs) you're so much better, which hopefully isn't going to be any sort of distortion of the truth, and would then say, and as much, I'm so much better, I'm so much better at loving. And though, <laughs> that was the front end. Infatuation almost. First loves, you know how that goes. Uh, with that, very few endure over time. And get to that point of such built-in, I guess, credibility. Or uh, with that build-up equity, as we we might like to call it, 
so that you could cash that in in some sort of meaningful way when something like this might come up. Or so uh, continue as then celebrating, reminiscing uh, all the good things in your current partner relationship to build for the future. The idea, though, is, is that you are better at loving. You are better at relationships. And though I would not want to rain on anybody's parade, as the old saying goes, and certainly, again, if you're lying in bed and in that kind of physical proximity, once more, you might be a bit cautious in how you present this, you may want to say to them, yes, but everybody kind of goes down that same path. Every relationship then kind of mimics that same path especially if it survives, but very few survive. So the actual success, the celebration that yours is the one, and hopefully this will be the last one that involves other partners, so to speak, outside of the relationship when it comes to, again, historical sort of former exes, You could say, and this is the end one, that we're just going to keep growing from here. I think that can be true, and I think, so to speak, again, as much then there may be a common dimension to the pattern. Anytime you end the relationship, even if it's only gone on for a a short period of time, not to mention, again, these sort of long-term investments, maybe you've had one, maybe you've had 50, the 49th, the 50th will look an awful lot like the 49th and probably will draw capital from cred from your successes in the prior 49. And to some extent, then you will begin to, when you get to the place that the 49th per chance it wasn't because of some extenuating or uncontrolled circumstance or circumstance beyond your control, death, uh, dismemberment, something like that, that would cause that relationship to end, you will eventually hit a, a place or a point in that relationship where the consummation or the continued growth in that sort of prototypical, universal, sort of archetypical sort of pattern, you'll pick up where you left off. That is true whether it ends well or doesn't end well, whether it's amicable, you will have to retrack, retrace all of those earlier stages as you learn them the first time. Maybe, again, if it's 50 times, you've committed them already 49 times, or you've at least gone over that terrain 49 previous times. Maybe you'll go through it much more efficiently. I'm hoping that you've learned, you've adapted grown, matured emotionally from the experience, gotten everything you could out of it, except that the relationship had to end for whatever reason, again, disaster or natural consequence, or just choice, that you will then still have to do that with your 50th partner. Now, can you say it's worth more if there were lesser number of partners? You might be able to say that because certainly, again, the equity factor, the 
investment factor, the history, there won't be any of these uh, dreams of others that would then corrupt what seems to be this perfect union. It would have been all in, all the time, over your entire life. That statistically is not the case. I don't want to say it's a 50-50 shot, but I think statistically either way you go, marriage, not marriage, whatever, the number of relationships even, they're still got, they still have statistically a good chance at ending, at, at best a neutral chance, a 50-50 proposition of ending. It's probably likely that it's not going to be the first one. Childhood sweetheart. It's not going to be love at first sight and then no compromise. We've not mentioned extramarital affairs along the way. The article doesn't. We're not going to. But that probably plays into it some as well. But what we can say, though, is if it is the 50th and not the first, you will lose a bit of what seems to be then one of the validation, one of the greatest aspects of growth in general within yourself, self-validation, as it might then be shared with another. The self-validation will still be there, but the relationship will not have the same, again, degree of cred, credibility or validation, because it's just not been through thick and thin, the whole concept of, if not married, and you whether you believe in marriage still or not, the notion of a covenant or a promised relationship to be there till death do you part. But whether you are able to do that or not, certainly we don't want to negate what is individually then growth. And it has value because it can be applied to the present relationship no matter what one it is, number-wise, sequentially. And so the idea is never lack motive to use that as a resource. Now, once again, you may have a difficult time convincing your significant other or partner that this is all about growth and that this is much better than had it not been, or if it had to be a little less than the ideal, certainly you're not alone. There's as many or as much that don't as those that do, maybe even greater that don't than those that do. But at the same time, though, I think somewhere in it, the maturity of the relationship by the time you get to a point such as I tried to capture it in uh, describing the case example, the scenario uh, on the front end of the podcast today in our introductory sort of comments, uh, I think probably most of us realize that what we got is what we got, and then with it, we want to make it the best that we can. Reflecting warmly on your ex is not a bad thing, <laughs> especially if it means that you didn't give up on relationships. It means you're still grow- going and growing. It means that you're still experiencing validation. And if there is one thing that probably you can say for sure the opportunity was there to learn, it is endurance is everything. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. Continue to invest. 
Now, outside of that (laughs) circumstance, or again, context that I have thus far sort of set all of this against, let's go to the counseling office and the fact that a couple has come in and they're in this place where uh, they've not quite gotten to the point of cashing all of that in, either individually or as a couple, and they're considering even more so whether they should stay together. And I, in my wisdom, am trying to help them see it most objectively, most broadly in terms of, again, perspective. I'm trying to persuade them that, no, 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 you're focusing on all of the negatives which are there. It's genuine. And certainly some relationships are just bound to destruction. People in them aren't going to change. There's just too much disparity. Irreconcilable differences do exist. And, And my job isn't to try to convince somebody who's in one of those relationships or has already made the decision, it's over, to do anything but follow through on the separation, making it, I'm hopeful, always hopeful, that it could be as amicable as possible, especially if there's children involved. But if you're still sort of in the balance on weighing that out, I'm going to, with some wisdom, say you're focusing on all of the negatives. Maybe we need to go back to at least somewhere back there in your past where there was a positive. Hopefully it's with not only the person that's in the office with us today, your significant other of current sort of dimension, but even if it's somebody in the past, you've not given up on relationships. You've decided to do this again. You've made a commitment to do it better. You're doing the best you can. You're just struggling right now. Maybe... In persevering, maybe in objectively sort of examining, empirically examining, taking as much as we can, a solid sort of scientific approach to garnering the facts. Maybe we can understand it in context of growth and development. The narrative would be the the yours, the two of you. You'd have to come up with how you're going to explain it, the truth that you're going to live by. But I'm going to advocate in a very practical, pragmatic way. You guys should have, guys and girls, sorry, it's gender loaded, I apologize. Persons have gained a lot. Let's just step out of the subjective where you're hurting the most and probably most likely then to be most defensive and with that maybe even more so offensive. And let's look at this and see where the common dimension is and how far you've made it. And is it better than those that are before? And even so, do we see growth there? And can we somehow in that then shift the perspective enough not to just fixate on all the bad aspects of it, all the current struggles or the stress associated with it? There can be (laughs) wonderful Saturday evenings that are romantic, where they play your song and you go to your favorite restaurant. And maybe we might give that as an assignment, just so that we could foster a bit of that. Not to, again, change your mind or make the decision for you, just not to miss the possibility or the chance that there may be some really good stuff that you've just not been able to see of late, and maybe that late has gone on far too long, 
But if you leave this relationship, getting back to what we were saying earlier, you're going to replicate and repeat. You will eventually hit the same spot. And the challenge of moving on to the next level, the next stage in relationships as they mature, as they occur over time in time, as with psychological and emotional growth, as with individual as well as couple growth and maturity, you will have to do it again. What's it? Face this and hopefully learn from this relationship and however many others you may have had and apply it so that you continue then the course. It's a prescriptive course if we all believe that no one's expendable, relationships are not expendable, there's something to be had from a promise, again, covenant sort of relationship, similar to marriage, you don't have to be married, you don't have to believe in marriage, but I do think you have to believe in growth and development and promise to not quit or walk away, or if you have prenuptials, as they call them, at least have that agreement. This is a casual relationship. It really isn't going to be long-term. At this point, I don't see it that way. Continue to at least be honest and truthful if they ask you. And you can get into some jealousy, and you might even get into some guilt, Maybe that's imposed, self-imposed, because you've had a higher aspiration or standard for what you want. Maybe they have. Hopefully, that's why you're together. You're still working on this, why it becomes a promise relationship that you're going to stay with it. It's good for the soul. And as you get older, all those things that might lead you to going somewhere else... All those factors, well, I'm pretty young still. I can start over. Hopefully, I can find this person. Maybe just the maturity thing. I'm too old to start over. Let's make the best of what we've got. It's to your advantage to not have to go out and do that all again. You might say, well, it's nostalgia. It's reminiscing, and I get to start all over. And there's something to be said for the great hope in a new relationship. This is going to turn out really well. But at the same time, you will eventually get there and you'll be reminded. If it is then all predicate at that moment that you get there at that stage in the longevity, longitudinal, the longevity of that significant other relationship, you may be prone to flashbacks. You may be prone to reliving awful experiences, which are really going to be to your detriment rather than your advantage. Why not do something with it now while you're still in the place that you're in? And maybe at some point in the future, as you keep working through this, it can become one of those really positives that we started out with. We can think back on all that we've been through and how we've struggled, but how we've overcome it. That validation is there, not only as a person, but your love, your capacity for love is validated. That's what I want to do when folks come in. And should they look at me and say, no way, it's over. I'm going to say, okay, I just wanted to remind you there's something to be said for that. But if it's just a matter of cutting your losses and moving on and you're young enough and the circumstance or situation, whatever your personal, individual sort of circumstance or situation says, it's a better idea. 
You've done the cost analysis. You've looked at the benefits, the ratio of cost to benefit, and you come to the conclusion it's not worth it. Too much damage, can't overcome it. Okay, well then we'll just work on trying to make it as amicable as possible. And that is also part of relationship counseling. That's why I don't call it marital counseling necessarily, because sometimes it's divorce counseling. But relational counseling kind of captures the entire spectrum of possibilities. Psychology Today, the upside of romantic nostalgia. I think there's a lot of upside, even if you should (laughs) choose not to stay together. And even if you should choose to stay together and you wake up one morning and say, well, your significant other says, what did you dream about? And you say, oh, it's my ex. And you have to kind of go through the explaining of all this. It is a wonderful opportunity to validate your love. I'm still here. It's still wonderful. It was proven last night. Empirically, it's sound. It's not just a hypothesis, or if it is still just somewhat of a hypothesis, the narrative, it fits our narrative. It's long-term. It's a committed relationship. Should you need some assistance with such things, uh, you can certainly reach out to us, uh, the wordhouse at frontier.com. Uh, DRMD Clay at thewordhouse.com, thewordhouse.com, 304-523-WORD, 9673. Uh, We're on Facebook and YouTube at The Word House. Come back for the next podcast. It may not be entirely about relationships or specifically about marriage or divorce, but it's about growing and maturing and developing and, I think, Everything is about love and relationships. It's just what the circumstance situation might be, and not always romantically. It could be parent-child. We're going to be talking about such things. The upside of romantic nostalgia, Arash, Amamzada. November, December 2023. I think it's a good article, at least well worth considering. And once again, I hope you consider coming back to our next podcast, the next edition of Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. And until we get a chance to meet again, I want to wish you the best of not only good health, but as always, good mental health. And especially, I just want to say thanks.